Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. Jim Dunaway, Lance Taylor, Ryan Brown, and Rockstar. Live from the Birmingham Racecourse Casino Studios, the next round, presented by Bud Light, is on now. We're live in Tuscaloosa as we get rolling with our number two. We're about to talk to Nick Sheridan, the new Alabama offensive coordinator. Spring practice starts coming up on Monday. But first, let me tell you about the folks at Precision Sports Medicine and Orthopedics. Uh, pickleball, uh, playing basketball in the driveway with the kids or whatever. You tweak a, an elbow, a shoulder, or a knee, they'll get you back in the game, get you back ready for work. All you have to do is go to this website, precisionsportsortho.com slash 2024. PrecisionSportsOrtho.com slash 2024 or call the number on your screen 205-512-3885 Precision Sports and Orthopedics. Orthopedic care better together. All right, Alabama Offensive Coordinator, Coach Nick Sheridan with us now. Welcome in. Coach, how are you? Doing great. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. We were just talking uh, in the break about your transition here. I know your family's still trying to get down here, but what has the first month or so been like in Tuscaloosa for you? Probably nonstop. Uh, it's been great. Honestly, it's been great. Um, very busy, as you guys can imagine, but um, and have enjoyed every minute of it. You know, getting to know the players, building relationships with them, you know, the staff, putting that together with Coach DeBoer. Um, it's just been a lot of fun. You know, a lot of work, a lot of early mornings and late nights, but um, yeah, we, this is, uh, we love to coach. This you is what we love to do, so we've enjoyed it. Before we went on, you were kind of talking about your dad, Bill Sheridan, who's been coaching 40 plus years. Uh, four different stops in the NFL. I know not to put in perspective, <laughs> uh, but when you were born, I think he was coaching the Maine Black Bears. Were you born in Maine? <laughs> what sure research? Huh? Yeah, sure was. Um, that's about as much as I could tell you about the state of Maine. I was we moved, I think, before I was two years old. But uh, my wife and I went back there a couple summers ago. So had you know nice lobster, and we enjoyed the drive up that way. So, but uh, yeah, my dad's been coaching for a long time, and um, he's been very. Um, you know, lucky and fortunate to have had a great career and, and coached a lot of really good players, been a part of some great staff, some championship teams. And so, you know, I've grown up in it, you know, from the beginning. If I remember his resume, I think we we established in the break, Bucks fan, he coached for the Bucks. Yeah. Dolphins fan, That's he coached right. for the Dolphins. We have a Giants fan out there, he okay. coached for the Giants. Yep. So how do you, I mean, do you have a pro team? And you worked in Seattle for a while there, yeah. so. I think, um, you know, in, in coaching, you root for people. Okay. You know, um, you know, I'm from Michigan, so I certainly, you know, always want the Lions and the Pistons and the Tigers to do well. But, uh, you know, the longer you're in it, you just, you know, of people, former players, guys that you worked with in the past. And so, um, you know, you're rooting for people more than anything, especially at the professional level. So, um yeah, that's probably, you know, because I've worn a lot of different T-shirts and hats as a kid, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, rooting for my dad. So I think the longer you're in it, the more you just try to try to root for people. You know, I, I saw your face when he mentioned your dad's been doing it for 40 years, and I'm seeing this more and more when I talk to coaches. Can you right now, and I know it's a bad time to ask you, uh, in the transition with everything going on, but can you see yourself doing this? 30 and 35 years from now? You love it that much? It, I do, yeah. You you'll know, be I, an old, old coach someday? Well, uh, you know, hopefully we stay young, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've grown up in football. I know is to be a part of a team, you know, and I think that's what, 
you know, when, when you, you think about why you coach is you, you enjoy being a part of a group of people trying to accomplish something. And so, you know, that's what happens for coaches is you're a part of it for so long and you can't imagine not being on a team. And so, um, yeah, I, I love the relationships. I love the competition. I love everything about it. You know, I, there's nothing about what we do that I don't enjoy. And so to think there, uh, sit there and think about not doing that, you know, I don't, I don't see that. It's certainly not, not in the uh, near future. So, um, but we'll see what my wife has to say about that, you know, <laughs> as we get a little bit older and my kids get older, but, um, yeah, we're loving every minute of it and thankful to, uh, to be a coach. I'm proud to be a coach. You know, I think it matters. You know, yep. I think what coaches do matter at all levels. And I think we impact young people at a high level and, and, um, I think it's important. You know, I think it's important for our communities and our country. And, and so I take that very seriously and I'm thankful I get to do it. it. It seems like you've always been kind of an underdog and just stick with me here from, you know, Indiana to Washington, not huge expectations. You walked on at Michigan, you ultimately won a starting job there, but now you're not an underdog anymore. Uh, how different is that role? Well, I think you just focus on the process of what you need to do to win. And, and, and I don't think those things change. I think you always still have the chip on your shoulder. You always feel like you have something to prove. Um, and so that, that's, um, you know, I enjoy that piece of it. Um, you know, but we really don't look at favorite under, I mean, we just look on, you know, doing the work and, and focusing on that. And I think, um, you know, Coach DeBoer says this often, but, you know, winners win because that's what winners do. And so we focus on what winners do. What what does that look like on a day-to-day process? And that's really what, you know, for the players, for the staff, for everybody here, that's really what we focus on is the things that winners do on a day-to-day basis. And um, and you trust in on that and you lean in on that. And then, you know, the results will take care of themselves. Nick Sheridan is with us, the Alabama offensive coordinator. When you have watched um... – the team you're inheriting here on film, what jumps out at you based on what you like to do offensively? Well, I think, um, you know, there's explosiveness on the offensive side of the ball. I think there's some really dynamic, um, you know, playmakers um, at different positions. Um, I think there's some, you know, really quality interior offensive line play that has occurred here, some guys that are returning. Um, and I think there's some really good young old linemen on the edges as well. And so we're excited about, you know, the group. You know, we um, we're learning about them each and every day. I know that'll be a process throughout spring practice is to try to identify what the group does well. And um, and, you know, you couple with the quarterbacks that that are very talented, very skilled, different, each one of them. But um, we're really excited and encouraged about the guys that are here. And um, their attitude has been fantastic. They want to win. You know, they care about winning. Um, They want to be their very best. And um, there's obviously shared goal. you know, in that and where we're trying to accomplish and where we're trying to go. When you step into a job like this, though, do you look at it and say, okay, Jalen Milrow is the starter for a reason, or is the fair thing to do just say, I got to ignore all that and I've got to make my evaluation? No, I think, I think, you know, past performance is always a great predictor of future performance. And right. so, um, you know, we don't discredit the accomplishments of any of the players that have been here. Certainly we're going to, you know, implement our schemes and our systems. Um, but also what I would tell you that Coach DeBoer has done so well for so many years is adapt to what that group does, you know. And so we have enough offense to um, cater to the skills and the strengths of the players. And that certainly centers around the quarterback, but also the offensive line and the skill players. And so, you know, we're not um, at different stops along Coach DeBoer's journey. The offense has changed and adapted to who they've had. And um, so we're uh, we're excited about learning what that is with the guys. You know, that's what spring practice is for. Um, and uh, And trying to adjust as we get closer to the season. Speaking of learning, how hard is it when you go into a place um, that 
it's a new offense. So you're you're turning it. You're trying to teach a new language to all these guys who are here. How does that process start? What's what's the first thing you do? Okay, guys, we're doing something totally different. What's the first thing you do? Well, I, I think um, you know I think there needs to be a level of trust that you establish with the players. You know, um, a direct line of communication, and so that that they feel like they can trust you and that you can teach them better. You know, and so I think that's really what coaching is all about is developing relationships with the players so that they can trust you and pour it all out there for you, you know? And so, um, you know, the first, the first thing that we had to do was get together as a staff, you know, and make sure that we were all together and pulling in the same direction and we saw it the same way. And so there's obviously, um, carryover, you know, with, with coach Shepard, coach DeBoer, you know, we've obviously have worked together in the past, coach Gillespie and me, we worked together at Tennessee for three years. So there's familiarity with things that we've done in the past, but then you have two new staff members and coach cap and coach Ellis. And so, you know, we're getting together each and every day. That's, that's been a a large majority of the time. So that when we get with the players that we're all on the same page on how we're going to do things, whether it's blocking schemes or route concepts or pass protection or whatever it may be. And so that's an ongoing process, you know, because, um, yeah, there's been some changes here in the last month, you know, so (laughs) we're, um, but we don't feel behind. We don't feel like we're catching up. We're just right where we're supposed to be, and we're just taking it one day at a time. Uh, back to Jalen Milrow. Your fingerprints have been on a couple of recent quarterbacks and Joshua Dobbs back to your, yeah. your days in Knoxville, a guy that started a handful of games this year for Minnesota. Michael Penix Jr. just played for a national championship with you guys, a guy that should start some games coming up. Uh, when you look at Jalen Milrow, do you see that upside that for you sure. see with Dobbs and you see with Penix Jr.? No, absolutely. I think he's an extremely talented and hardworking person. You know, I think... Um, Everybody knows about the explosiveness as a runner, but I also think he's extremely explosive as a passer too. You know, he's got a very strong arm, um, and you know he he he's playing the you know the the first time last year with the large majority of the snaps. Right, he's still you know I don't I know people don't like to use the word develop anymore, but you know that's part of a journey of a quarterback is the experiences that you go through help you as you move forward in your career, and so. Uh, he's an extremely talented player. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And he's got a great attitude and a, and a work ethic that's really unmatched. So um, I've really enjoyed that time that I've spent with him, as I have with the other quarterbacks in the room. It's just a really quality room with great people. I think that's what always lends itself to really good play is it starts with who the person is. And it's a room full of really great kids that come from great families that are very talented. Nick Sheridan, for a few more moments, the Alabama offensive coordinator. Um, any offensive coordinator I've talked to, you know, obviously coaching is almost it's a 24-7 job, but the daily calling of the plays in the game is what they they just love. Yeah. And, I mean, can you just explain to me the adrenaline that goes through your body when you're, I mean, you've been at Tennessee. You know what a big SEC game sure. is like. Washington, you guys played huge games. When you're calling plays in an environment like that. It's hard to explain, um, you know, because it's so much work that's that's all coming together in a, in a singular moment. Um, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's unlike anything else. You know, when you call the right play at the right time and the players are able to execute. I think what you enjoy the most about coaching and calling plays is to see the success that the players have. You know, the joy that when they execute the right play at the right time, what that does for them and the moments and the memories that they're able to create. That's why we do it, and that's what we love the most about it. Do you find yourself, like I do in Madden, always wanting to throw four deep? Go four yeah, verts. four verts, four verts. That's oh, the best we do play. have that in our offense. We don't. We don't look at it quite like playing Madden in real life. Um, a yeah. <laughs> little bit different. I was half if joking. You, if okay. you go back yeah. and have Devontae and Jalen Waddle and yeah. Henry Ruggs. Four verts every play. Jerry Judy. I mean, that yeah. would 
that would make sense. Well, those kids are super talented, and I know we feel great about the kids in our building right now too. And they're they're working towards creating their own legacy and writing the history for themselves. So, but um, yeah, there's no circle button up in the play box, yeah. you know, in the press box. So it doesn't work quite like that. There's not a three box picture that you're picking one of them, and that's not how it works. So yeah, it happens a little quick. I, I bet that happens in your head a little bit, though. Uh, you have things flashing in front of you. Yeah, I mean mentally a little bit. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's not like. Playing that. <laughs> yeah. We oversimplify. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure a lot of people yeah, think we're, it's we're, just like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you'll learn very early on that we are not X's and O guys. Yeah, that's all good. Don't, don't let my shoes fool you. I'm not a ball guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. hey, so when I walked into the trophy room, one thing about Nick Saban is like there were so many players. There was not one player that kind of defined the program. And when you were at Michigan, you know, Tom Brady, when you were playing, was in the middle of winning Super Bowls early in his career. I would assume that was one of the guys, there was like a buzz throughout. Um, you know, that organization throughout the facility, did he ever come by say, Hey, did you have any relationship with him? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, you know, Tom obviously has had an unbelievable career. Um, and I know he cares a lot about his alma mater and, um, but he was right in the middle of it, you know, at that time. And so it was just a different time. I wouldn't say, I know he's, he's since gone, gone back to Ann Arbor several times, but, um, you know, he, he stayed pretty busy for about you know, the better part of 20 years. So there wasn't many summer vacations back in Ann Arbor during that time. But, um, you know, I think, like I mentioned before, what's so special about places like Alabama is the people, you know, the people that have come through this building, both coaches and players. And so, you know, I feel su- super fortunate to be a part of it. And um, to add to it, you know, I think when you come to a place like this, you recognize the magnitude you know, you recognize the history, the tradition, all the hard work and sacrifice that has helped build a place like Alabama to be what it is. And, you know, nobody deserves more credit than the players. You know, you know, you mentioned some of the great players that have come here during Coach Saban's time, and there was great players before that, you know. And so to be a part of that is humbling. And uh, I know, you know, myself and the rest of the staff feels very lucky, you know, to be here. Outside of Bill Sheridan, biggest impact on you as a college coach or a football coach? Well, um, gosh, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, I'll mention one person here just because you asked, but I also would, would uh, you know, I'm, I've been very lucky and thankful to have been around some great coaches at all levels. You know, I had great high school coaches, both football and baseball. You know, Mike Glennie and Scott Tyson were fantastic. You know, I, I, um, I, I was you know, I, I grew up in the house of a coach. And so the coaches that my dad worked with, you know, to be able to see that, but Lloyd Carr was somebody that was, um, you know, has just been very impactful for not just me, but my family. My dad was a GA for him as a position coach, you know, and kind of got him into college coaching. And then for me to have an opportunity to play for him for my first two years of college, um, you know, coach knows how much he means to me and, um, and meant that way for a lot of, a lot of players that, you know, played for him. I think, you know, the former players here at Alabama would feel the same way about a coach Saban or a coach Stallings. Um, you know, you're just in such a formative time of your life, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. And just the way that he protected the players, I always thought that publicly he defended the players. I always thought he had their back. Doesn't mean you weren't held accountable or dressed, you know, in a team or a position meeting if you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. But I think the one thing we always felt with Coach Carr is that he always had our back and he always wanted us to be our best. And um, I'm forever grateful to him because, you know, as a young person, he was certainly somebody that I looked up to. 
Did that make you tougher as a kid, though, jumping around different places with your dad? Like, I, I've met military kids growing up, and they seem to be tougher because they can drop those relationships within a couple of days and move on to the next town. Like, I was too selfish. I, I couldn't have done that. Well, I think, um, you know, you're, you're a little bit more um, accustomed to change, you know, to adapting to different, you know, situations. And um, I've enjoyed the stops. You know, I've enjoyed the journey. Um, I've enjoyed the people. You know, to be at different places and live in different parts of the country and experience different cultures, I really enjoy that. You know, I, I know a lot of a lot is made about being the son of a coach or a coach's family and how that can be difficult. You know, I got to play catch in, in the Coliseum at a Rose Bowl practice. You know, I got to walk on the field and, and uh, you know, see confetti come down at a Super Bowl, you know, because my dad was a part of a Super Bowl winning team. And so um, I enjoyed every second of, of being a coach's kid. And I thought what my dad did was awesome. You know, the kids that I looked up to, the players that I looked up to that were my heroes as a young person, my dad got to yell at them and tell them, you know, hustle through the line or whatever it may be. And so I've enjoyed every stop. I've enjoyed the different people. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just enjoyed the entire part of my journey being a coach's kid. And my dad's my hero. Um, I have a, a wonderful relationship with both my parents. And I couldn't have asked for a better childhood growing up. Yeah. Finally got to a place with good barbecue. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Welcome to the South. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick Sheridan, the guy uh, who's in charge of the offense now and uh, making sure those confetti feelings continue here in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Thanks for being Thanks, with coach. us. He's got the it. offensive coordinator. We'll talk later to Kane Womack. Uh, I saw these guys interact on signing day. Man, you guys, uh, the, the continuity and the way you guys cut up and the personalities, y'all seem to have a good blend. Yeah, we, Kane's one of my closest friends. Our wives are very close. You know, they're, they're good friends as well. And, um, you know, we had, had a lot of shared experiences and, and on our journey. So, um, we stayed close even when we were on different staffs. And, you know, I think that's what make this, makes this opportunity so special is, you know, to, to coach at a place like Alabama in general is a, you know, a once in a lifetime opportunity, but to do it with the people, with Coach DeBoer and Coach Womack, the rest of the staff, Coach Shep. I mean, on and on. Every, I could name every single guy on the staff, just the connections and relationships that we're able to build um, or have already built in the past is super special. And so, uh, yeah, we're very lucky and very humble to be here. Yeah, we appreciate your time. That's Nick Sheridan. We're back to Tuscaloosa in a moment right here on the next round. Follow the next round on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Next Round Live. Tournament time is almost here, but any time is a great time to jump on with MyBookie.ag. When you sign up at MyBookie.ag, use code NEXTROUND for a special sign-on bonus. You can use that bonus right away. Win once with it. It is yours and yours forever. Not like some of the sites that make you win 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 times before you keep the bonus. You win once at MyBookie.ag. It is yours forever. Basketball tournaments, NBA, the start of Major League Baseball, NASCAR, and golf. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. MyBookie.ag. Code NEXTROUND. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, you're in the red zone for every college rivalry and divisional matchup all season long. On game day, you never have to decide which teams to watch, only what combination of bites, burgers, wings, and more to order. Plus, where else are your favorite draft beers always poured at a frozen 29 degrees? Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Stick around after the sun sets. Twin Peaks is open really late. Wind down with bourbon and late night bites. Only at Twin Peaks. What are you waiting for? It's nonstop gaming action at Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Come play more than 900 of the latest and greatest games around, featuring fun bonuses and big jackpots. You can wager and win on horse and greyhound races from all over the world. There are more ways to win at Birmingham Racecourse Casino. 
Birmingham Racecourse Casino, located off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Must be 21 or older. Sports fans, Alabama State Senate will soon decide if you get the right to vote on a lottery, casinos, and sports betting. But they need to hear from you. Did you know Alabama is one of only 12 states where you can't legally bet on sports? House Bill 151 allows you to choose whether you can place a bet on the big game this weekend. Call your state senator today. Tell them to vote yes on the lottery and gaming bill. For more information, go to sportsbettingalliance.org. It's paid for by the Sports Betting Alliance. Again, sportsbettingalliance.org. Did you know that colon cancer is the second leading cause of cancer deaths in America and that it affects men and women equally? If you're older than 45, Rump Shaker encourages you to talk to your doctor about screening options that are available. Colon cancer is preventable, treatable, and beatable, but early detection is the key. For more information, please visit us. Go to rumpshakerinc.org. Also, 6th Annual Rump Shaker 5K coming up Saturday, March 23rd at Regents Field. You can register online, rumpshakerinc.org. Hey, Lance Taylor from the next round to tell you about our friends at Gutter Cap. Gutter Cap's that patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate that gutter cleaning. It's back with a lifetime warranty, almost 20-year service record right here in Birmingham. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever. 45% off the retail price now if you call. GutterCapBirmingham.com. Call my good friend Chris Stewart now, 205-823-2212. Cap it, don't snap it, it's Gutter Cap. Hang out with the next round on the go. Whether you're driving to work, running errands, sitting on the beach, or you just need a break from the real world, we can keep you company. Check out the next round, Mystery Fifth Hour, and our other shows on your favorite podcast app. We'll meet you there. Hey, we're back with you in Tuscaloosa. We're live today inside the Malmore Athletic Facility, the football complex here at the University of Alabama. And just so it doesn't get away from us, we'd like to thank everyone associated with Alabama that's allowing us uh, this inside access today to be broadcasting from inside their building, inside their walls. Not always easy to to let the uh, folks like us on the inside uh, to do this. So a big thank you. Maybe we'll do it again at the end of the show, but I at least wanted to get that out there. And I know the whole staff that's here with us um, appreciates uh, the hospitality so far today. We'll talk to Kane Womack, the defensive coordinator, coming up in the next segment. He's actually one of the guys on the coaching staff who actually knows who we are because he's been on our show several times. And Brown's been to his office back in, in his days in Mobile at South Alabama. So we'll talk to Kane coming up. Show being brought to you in part by our friends at the Sports Betting Alliance. It's a big time uh, in the state of Alabama. Well, Jimmy America, you believe in our right to vote, right? <laughs> I believe in our, our freedom to do anything along, as long as we're not harming other people. Yeah, and this is what's crazy. So just reading verbatim from these copy points, the Alabama State Senate will soon decide if you get the right to vote on a lottery. I thought we decided that in 1776. Sports <laughs> that's, betting. That's what I'm saying. You should have the right. And look, if you're against us, you're against it. But we should at least have the right for this thing to go to a vote. And we'll figure out if we're getting lottery, casino, sports betting. We're taking our money to other states. Let's vote yes on House Bill 151. It allows you to choose whether you can place a bet on the big game this weekend. Did you realize Alabama, one of only 12 states where you can't legally bet on sports? Call your state senator today. Tell them to vote yes on the lottery and gaming bill. 334-261-0800. 334-261-0800. You can also go online to learn more about this group, sportsbettingalliance.org, paid for by the Sports Betting Alliance. We're going to have to throw a rock star in the harbor. 
we don't get to vote. That's right. Uh, he, he'll be our tea party there. Yeah. Um, okay, LT has got a thought back on the uh, bet online odds that has Alabama way down the line on just to make the college football playoffs. We'll get to that in Kane Walmack in just a second. I did want to bring up something that another SEC coach uh, said this week, yesterday, in fact, as LSU gets ready to take the field next week. Um, Brian Kelly uh, was asked about Harold Perkins. They've reworked the whole defensive coaching staff. That's right. In Baton Rouge. Um, I think part of it was because they misplaced Harold Perkins. But Brian Kelly lets it out that the plan for Harold Perkins is for him to stay inside. Yeah. Stay as the inside linebacker in the schemes uh, to help with run fit and all that. Super weird to me, man. Uh, because it did not seem like it worked last year. Did you guys watch LSU's defense last year? Yeah. Uh, what would you think of it? Uh, was other, other than USC football yeah. and Alabama basketball is one of the worst defenses. I, mean, I, I think I'd reset everything, Lance, with Here, that defense. Here's the only thing I would yeah. say. We have seen, as good as Harold Perkins is and as much upside as he's got, we've seen better players transfer out. So if Harold Perkins wasn't excited, you know he had to evaluate this. And what is going to be better for him at the next level? I agree. It makes no sense because he seems like a guy that is unblockable on the edge. But there's no way Harold Perkins is going to be uncomfortable in back-to-back years. So for whatever reason, it, it kind of struck a chord with him that, okay, this will work. Yeah. I, I just feel like if I'm LSU, I would control out, delete that entire defense done away and start. It was so bad last year. Just start from scratch. I mean, you're already starting from scratch with the coordinator. That's it right. Just, Blake it, Baker's yeah. there. His reputation is really good. Blitz, Bama, Blitz. You know, I'll go, I'll go Willie on you. Blitz, Bama, Blitz. Uh, that's his reputation, right? <laughs> that's his reputation. He likes to blitz coming from Missouri. He's now at LSU. So, uh, it, it, to me, Harold Perkins is a great guy coming <laughs> off the edge, but they're going to put him at inside linebacker. And then move him around a bit. And I would think he's one of those guys, like, we'll give you, he's worth a high six-figure NIL deal. Right. We will give you this, and you can play on the outside. That's where we want you to play. So I guarantee you these conversations were had. For whatever reason, he's very comfortable there. Um, You know, maybe it's, this is going to help me really round out my game for the next level. Maybe he's got a girl he's in love with in Baton Rouge. I don't know. But there's a reason that he stayed. Do you, uh, do that he stayed with in LSU and at the inside linebacker right. position. Right. So he's not unhappy. Do you give a piss about it? <laughs> I think Taylor knows I, does, I don't. Uh, at Next Round Live, like and subscribe. If you're new with us today and watching Alabama uh, football coverage from Tuscaloosa and you're new to the show today, Thank you for being with us. Uh, hit that subscribe button, but also a thumbs up button. That helps us out tremendously. Uh, the show being brought to you in part as well by our friends at Rump Shaker. And again, we'll give you these ads here in this uh, segment so we can go commercial free with the coaches. Kalen DeBoer coming up with us at 1130 Central, part of the last last hour of the show. Yeah, did you know that colon cancer, the second leading cause of cancer deaths in America, it affects men and women equally? If you're 45 or older, Rump Shaker encourages you to talk to your doctor about screening options that are available. Colon cancer is preventable. It's treatable, it's beatable, but early detection is the key. For more information, go online, rumpshakerinc.org. And also, don't forget, the 16th annual Rump Shaker 5K is coming up Saturday, March 23rd at Regents Field. For more information, if you get registered, rumpshakerinc.org. I learned a long time ago that betting odds from Las Vegas really don't tell you what's going to happen necessarily in the upcoming season or in a weekend of games or anything. But in the... First or second segment of the show today, we were talking about bet online's early odds to just to make the 12-team college football playoff. 
and Alabama was at plus 225, a 30% chance to make the playoffs. And I had that fifth in the SEC behind Georgia at minus 900, at Texas minus 500, uh, after Ole Miss at plus 175, and after Tennessee at plus 200. The one that jumps out to everybody is going to be behind Tennessee. And that was the one that was stunning to yeah. me, yeah. You had another thought about that. Well, I mean, here's my thought. I mean, there was a day when we had the 14 playoff way, way long time ago. And I remember Alabama being like minus 200 to get to a college football playoff when you had four teams. Now they're plus odds, plus 225 to get to a 12-team playoff. I never would have imagined a day, and I'll say this about Clemson too, especially in the ACC, where we would have expanded to 12 and Dabo in his so-called prime would miss a college football playoff. I never really thought we would see a day where, like, again, if Nick Saban is still the coach with what is returning to Tuscaloosa, they're one of your three or four favorites to not get to a college football playoff, but to win a national yeah. championship. So, you it's know, public me, perception. It's it's crazy, though. Like, how do you not give DeBoer more credit? This is a guy that just won 24 games in two years at Washington and played for the national championship. I really think it's the way the portal was played in the media. And, uh, and I'm not saying that some good players did not leave. But you know there's only one player that left that I thought was a was a blow to Alabama, and that's the safety. Yeah, Caleb Downs. Yeah, Caleb Downs. Other than that, there are other receivers that are either coming in or that are already here that we can place a receiver that went to Texas, right? Um, there are other linemen that can replace a lineman that went here or a player that went there. Um, that's the only one that I think is hard to replace um, that's, that's coming in. You've got a lot of talent that's still here, but that wasn't the way it was portrayed uh, in the coverage of the aftermath of Nick Saban, it was portrayed uh, coast to coast that it was a mass exodus and that there isn't as much talent left here. And that's just not factual. OK, but I would go back and I see what you're saying and you've got a point there. But I would also go back to Michigan. How much are they losing? And they have got a a coach that is never. Well, you can say he was an interim coach, but now he knows he is the guy and, and he's got to be able to handle this. It's public perception. Day to day. There's no way I think Michigan is. But how is that? How's the public in the playoffs? I don't think they make the playoffs. No, I don't either. But how's the public perception better with Michigan than Washington? Yeah. Or excuse me, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, I would agree. Because it wasn't portrayed that everybody was leaving, that everybody was walking out the door at Michigan. Yeah, but it's well known that 16 guys are in Indianapolis. 18 this week. of them. Or 18. The, 18. 18 or I, I, would, I would also say, though, the whole deal with Tennessee, Chris Lowe, who we all respect Chris immensely, said he can't remember a player since Peyton Manning that has come in with more expectations on their shoulders than Nico. And, I mean, that would show that right there. I mean, I, I, I watched, I didn't get to watch that whole bowl game. I will admit it. I, you know, he looked good in that bowl game. That's a bowl game against Iowa, who obviously has a very good defense. He's going to be great in Heupel system. He is. I mean, I, I, mean, I think he'll be very good. makes quarterbacks really good. But that's, uh, that's what's mind-blowing about this Joe Milton, that we, we still think Joe Milton could be a NFL starting quarterback, yeah. speaking of Indianapolis. Yeah, but I mean, that's a ton of pressure on him. There's no doubt that he's got an immense amount of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Lowe said the most, and Spate Manning. It's it's Oklahoma. That's the one I'm I'm most amazed about. That as they transition to the SEC, of where the public perception is on where Oklahoma stacks up into this league, because before Brent Venables was there, this was a perennial playoff team. Now we always questioned their defense, whether they could win a playoff game after they got there, but now we're feeding them into the SEC 
where we're treating them like they're Mississippi State. No well, offense to Mississippi State. Outside of Kalen DeBoer at Washington, who played for a national championship, I thought your best second-year coach at a major program was Brent Venables. He went from six and seven, and people said, man, this job is just too big for him. Like, what's happened here? And he flips it around. Not only does he win double-digit games, he also beats Texas, a team that actually went to the college football playoff. So Brent Venables, people just, I don't know, they just don't have a lot of confidence in him. And I guess a lot depends on how good Jackson Arnold is. I would assume he's going to be really good based on the fact that Dylan Gabriel left there. I do think Jeff Levy's an interesting loss for them, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, taking the Mississippi State job, um, you know, that offense was not their problem. No, but Oklahoma's always had great offense coordinators. They have. I mean, they going have. back to the Mike Leach days. I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lincoln Riley was obviously the Evan offense Wilson, coordinator. Wilson. I mean, all those yeah. guys, really good yep. offense coordinators. And schedule schedule becomes very important in this conversation, right? There was no doubt. Alabama's schedule is very difficult. Yep. Oklahoma's schedule is maybe even more difficult because uh, Oklahoma and Alabama play each other late out there. And then after Alabama plays Oklahoma, Oklahoma goes on the road to LSU to end the season. The, the, Oklahoma's schedule is tremendous, tremendously tough, so that factors into it. I mean, their road games are at LSU, at Ole Miss, at Missouri. I mean, those are all college football playoff contenders. And then, of course, they play the neutral site game with Texas. They host Alabama. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're at Auburn. They host Tennessee. I mean, their their schedule is full of teams that you've just read right there. Yeah. I mean, they, they did not get a break in their first SEC schedule. So that's how, you know, the perception is uh, is there. All right, we'll continue the conversation of college football, but we started uh, with a little basketball. It's a big night in basketball. We'll get back to that basketball uh, conversation right after Brownie tells us about our friends at MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. If code, you want to play the game, you can jump in and do that. You can. Code next round when you sign on there. Get that sign-on bonus. So you can use it once, win with it once. It is yours and yours forever. They've got great uh, all the games there. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. Code next round again to get that sign-on bonus at MyBookie.ag. And uh, you can play anything, anytime, anywhere. MyBookie.ag, code next round. That is MyBookie.ag, code next round. Hey, by the way, did you see the scene last night in Lubbock as we speak of uh, Texas and them coming to the SEC? Last time Texas and Texas Tech will play each other regularly, maybe ever. And uh, they were in Lubbock last night, and it was getting away from Texas Tech. And there was a what ended up being a flagrant two foul from uh, from the Texas player, uh, Brock Cunningham. Basically checked the guy into the into the seats, and then here comes the water bottles and the oh, trash yeah. under the court, and uh, they end up getting a technical also called on Texas Tech fans. The old administrative technical, yeah. which you don't see a lot of those. But look, the, the game was still in doubt. Um, just a bad look from the Lubbock fans. I know they hate Texas. We talked about West Flanagan not getting the uh, personal. Alan, Alan oh, excuse me, Alan Flanagan. Well, West didn't either. Uh, not getting the suspension. Do you think the same will hold true for the Texas player with them leaving the league? You think the Big 12 will look at that a little bit differently? I don't know. It was a flagrant two. Um, I mean, it could carry a suspension. Yeah. It was a physical check. It was right? a very physical check. But and it, it wasn't. I mean, the Flanagan one still is. Uh, a, no, 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 no. It was not as. It was no not as, as a fake. No, no, no. It was not as severe as his. But I'm just saying, if you're considering suspension and this is a team leaving the league, I don't know that they get the benefit of the doubt. And it is magnified by what it led to, to your point. It led to a very ugly scene, which only magnifies it. Yeah, and then they continued to throw some bottles at the bench area and um, of the Texas players to where the Texas coach said afterwards, now remember, here's the guy that's also offended by Horace yeah. Dan. Oh, yeah. Right he's he's yeah. salt. Shouldn't be offended by anything. German yeah. salt. Texas should be offended they're sending him a paycheck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bubble team and Rodney Terry. There. Yeah. Okay, Bama tonight in Oxford. 
Uh, Latrell Wrightsell. Does anybody know if he's if he's in tonight? I, if he's playing. I, 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 think he's going to play based on this number and I said that wouldn't affect the number this past weekend so I'm contradicting myself but I think Reitzel will play more interesting back to Alan Flanagan if he's not playing your second leading scorer your leading rebounder I don't think Ole Miss really has a shot against Alabama and this is one of those I agree with Brown I think two things I think you will get Alabama's best defensive effort right but at the same time I think you're going to get one of Ole Miss's best efforts tonight yeah you should I mean they're playing for their tournament life Alabama is just playing to, well, I mean, they're playing for a lot. Conference championship, uh, obviously, is very much on the line. But my whole point with the defensive effort is just showing who you really are. For those asking in the chat room, our conversation with Nick Sheridan will be available. Everything we do here is available forever. So on our YouTube channel, at Next Round Live, like and subscribe, thumbs up. Audio platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Nick Sheridan will be available there forever later on today, wherever you get your pod- uh, podcasts. Video and audio-wise, here with the next round. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to Kane Womack, defensive coordinator for Alabama. Later, Kalen DeBoer joins the show at 11.30 Central Time in the final hour as we continue to talk Alabama football today from the complex over here in Tuscaloosa. The show being brought to you in part by our friends at Way to Wellness, your journey to healthy living. If you're looking for a way to jumpstart your weight loss, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today who uh, is about to start training, getting the best shape of his life. If you need to knock off a few pounds, Way to Wellness can help you with that. Some protein bars throughout the day. It'll work for you. Just go to a planforme.com, a planforme.com. It's your journey to healthy living. Maybe you want to control your blood pressure or cholesterol numbers. You can do that as well. It's Way to Wellness, your journey to healthy living. Again, that website, a planforme.com. We're back in a moment in Tuscaloosa. Follow LT on Twitter at the Lance Taylor. Legacy Credit Union has the ultimate game changer for your finances. With Engage Checking, you can earn 3% APY on balances up to $15,000. You heard correctly, 3% APY. But it's not just about scoring with high yields. With Engage Checking, you can get paid up to two days early. That means your paycheck, Social Security, tax refund, you name it, you get it early. So stop sitting on the sidelines and get in the game with Engage Checking. Sign up today at LegacyCreditUnion.com or visit any nine Greater Birmingham area branches. APY is annual percentage yield. Terms and conditions may apply. See Credit Union for details. Federally insured by the NCUA. This hour of the next round is presented by the Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Now featuring seven days of giveaways with your chance to win a share of up to $125,000. The more you visit the Birmingham Racecourse Casino, the more chances you have to win. Stop by the New York Butcher Shop and pick up the finest in certified Angus Prime Beef steaks and burgers, premium pork chops, ribs, and all-natural chicken cut to order just for you. Their chef-prepared entrees and side dishes are the perfect dinner-to-go choice for your family and are ready to heat at home. With a great selection of fine wines and desserts, the New York Butcher Shop is your one-stop dinner shop. Two locations to serve you, Cahaba Heights and on Highway 119 in Greystone, the New York Butcher Shop. Rare quality, well-done service. Sports fans, Alabama State Senate will soon decide if you get the right to vote on a lottery, casinos, and sports betting. But they need to hear from you. Did you know Alabama is one of only 12 states where you can't legally bet on sports? House Bill 151 allows you to choose whether you can place a bet on the big game this weekend. Call your state senator today. Tell them to vote yes on the lottery and gaming bill. For more information, go to sportsbettingalliance.org. It's paid for by the Sports Betting Alliance. Again, sportsbettingalliance.org. 
Spring weather is here, and our friends at Hempo Services are offering a $69 HVAC tune-up, plus 10% off any service call when you mention the next round. Call Adam, Chad, and the guys at Hempo Services. Make sure your HVAC unit is ready to keep up with the changing weather. Hempo Services, locally owned and operated independent train dealer. The team can service all makes and models. For all of your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs, call Hemp Hill Services. It's hard to stop a train. 205-229-2090 or HempHillServices.com. That's 205-229-2090, HempHillServices.com. Storm season is here. Make sure you have a plan of action in place right now. Greg from Pell City and Storm Restoration Roofing should be your first call when storms hit. Insurance companies love working with Storm Restoration Roofing because of Greg Nelson's name and reputation in the industry. When storms hit, call Greg Nelson. He's local. 205-542-3531. He's the home of the free no-cost roof inspection. Greg from Pell City on Facebook. 205 542 3531. It's Storm Restoration Roofing. Start your day online with our website, nextroundlive.com, for the latest videos, podcasts, and college football stories. It's also a great way to stream the show or shop in the Next Round store. Stay connected by visiting nextroundlive.com. Hey, back live to Tuscaloosa show being being brought to you today in part by our friends at Gutter Cap. Tell us about Gutter Cap. Yeah, uh, our friend Chris Stewart has been doing this a long time. Basketball has its madness in March, but homeowners who clean their gutters have it all year long. Eliminate your gutter cleaning uh, madness forever with Gutter Cap. Call my good friend Chris Stewart now, 205-823-2212. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau for more than two decades. And on the board of directors, Gutter Cap patent aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters eliminates that dangerous job of getting on a ladder cleaning out your gutters 45 percent off the retail price right now for march madness 205-823-2212 or guttercapbirmingham.com cap it don't snap it guttercap kane womack with us in just a second and kaylin DeBoer with us coming up at 11 30 central time uh other coaching news around the country uh our staff here telling me kansas has just extended and given a raise to lance leipold uh, for the Jayhawks, he's done a wonderful job with them. You know, I think it was Tom Lugan, Bill, and I think Brock Heward echoed this. One of the top five most difficult guys to prepare for their offense is Leopold. And he's done an incredible job there. And uh, I was asking you this break. I think you were in the middle of something. But Kansas is odds to get to a college football player for right there with Bama, aren't they? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, that he's uh, that, it, that it's that close uh, there. But he's done a wonderful job. Seven million plus per year is uh, what Lance is going to get there to coach the Kansas Jayhawks. Not in basketball, but in football. Different world, man. Different world, isn't it? I mean, uh, it just obviously shows you the value of football versus basketball. We learned that in uh, in expansion, obviously. All right. We uh, spoke with Nick Sheridan a little bit earlier, the Alabama offensive coordinator, and we're going to bring in one of Ryan Brown's longtime friends, (laughs) Shane <laughs> Womack joins us now. He's actually one of the guys who actually knows this show exists because when he was the head coach at South Alabama, he was kind enough to to jump on the show with us occasionally. And uh, now here you are in person with us, man. Yeah, great to be on with you guys. You know, y'all twisted my arm enough at South, right? To, you know, no, it was great. It was awesome to get on with y'all. And, uh, you know, I, it's, uh, it's a new role, something different, um, uh, something that I'm certainly familiar with and, 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 and I'm excited to be a coordinator again and do all that, but it's nice to see some familiar faces. Well, up yeah. I, I was there at the uh, signing day event, uh, and you joked about how nervous you were going to be with, uh, when you were going to teach basically install your defense <laughs> with Nick Saban. Has yeah. that happened yet? It, it has happened. In fact, the, uh, our, our 
second in-person meeting happen again this morning. So, uh, so we're ripping and running through some of the, were you late all and all those things. I was promptly early. <laughs> um, you know, he, uh, no, I, I, I certainly, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I told my wife, I was like cramming for a final the night before making sure that I, all my cutups and everything was ready to go for that meeting. But, uh, coach has been awesome. I mean, he, he really, um, he's been helpful. He's, uh, honest, you know, um, gives, gives me his real thoughts. I ask him real questions. I want to know this team, right? I want to know what he envisioned, what he built from a defensive perspective, obviously. Um, and, and, and how, to best kind of, you know, take what was done the last 17 years and how they've evolved over 17 years to the point they are now and how we best need to make that transition from a defensive scheme. You know, uh, there's a ton of carryover in what we do and what Coach Saban has done. You know, my dad was a longtime defensive coordinator in the SEC. Dave Womack had great defenses, was kind of one of the originators of the 4-2-5 defense. Right. But we are a little bit more of a a 3-4 nickel defense. Um that's really what Coach Saban has been the last few years where they're able to move in and out of four down um, and three, four. And so there's a lot of carryover, but I want to make sure that I kind of minimize, uh, you know, some of the things that our players are going to have to learn so that I can, you know, understand their verbiage as well. So so I've, I've been a Kalen DeBoer fan for a long time. These guys will tell you when Saban made the announcement, I was like, home run would be Kalen DeBoer. And then it happens in Alabama fans. Some are questioning, why do you like DeBoer? And I would point out the fact the guy has won absolutely everywhere he's been. You saw what he just did at Washington. But now I use the Kane Womack factor. I'm like, this guy left a sitting job <laughs> in the Sun Belt at South Alabama. Incredible facilities. Yeah. Um, just a great position to be in as a young head coach. He had all of his confidence to take everything he's worked for to go back and work with Kalen. So I just use you as the example now. Well, that's good. I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, it, it, um, I remember, um, you know, I remember when, when coach Saban retired and in my mind, my head coach brain, right. All I'm thinking about is, is my team, right. In mobile. And that's all that matters. And I'm going, man, I hope nothing changes here. You know what I mean? I just need to keep my staff and everybody in place and all of this stuff. Right. And then how quickly, you know, Kalen calls me, uh, I think it was the next morning then, you know, they're, they were interviewing him in the process. And so, you know, we're friends, right? And so he's, you know, I'm talking through some of the things and, uh, about Alabama and what I know and, and all this stuff, just helping kind of in, in, you know, interview prep, if you will. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, to go from that to, you know, where we are now, I just, when the opportunity came up and it, it got to the point to where, okay, Kalen's here, um, and, and, and once, you know, me to, to join on as a defensive coordinator, it was just an opportunity I, I couldn't pass up. You know, um, I believe, uh, in Kalen as much as anybody. Um, I think he's the most genuine, uh, person that I know in college football. Um, he's a friend. He's trusted. He's a tremendous offensive mind. He's a tremendous football mind. And that's why I always, as a defensive coordinator, enjoyed being around him because he sees the game as a head coach, right? I mean, that's what he, that's what he did. That's where he cut his teeth, right? In those years and, and Sioux Falls as a head coach and seeing it from a big picture. So he, he, he always sees the game right through that big picture lens. And so as a defensive mind on the opposite side of the ball, right, it was always great to bounce ideas and thoughts off of him. And so, uh, to do all those things in Tuscaloosa at Alabama, um, you know, after, after all the things that Coach Saban has built and to be able to take that, that standard on and take that tradition on. 
uh, it was it was an opportunity I wasn't going to turn down. Uh, you, Nick you Sheridan think? was with us earlier. He made it sound like your wife made the decision that he and he and Nick's, <laughs> your wife and Nick's wife are such good friends. They are. They're good friends by far. You know, Melissa, my wife, is the more impressive person in our marriage. Uh, anybody that's met the two of us, um, you know, Nick and I. Um, it's interesting. I mean, the last time I was calling plays was at it was at IU. It was at Indiana in 2020, and Nick Sheridan was the offensive coordinator. And so, um, you know, we we certainly have hit the ground running. Uh, we don't cut each other much slack. Um, you know, we we get after each other pretty good, and and have that kind of friendship and relationship that cuts down on a ton of. You know, when you get a new staff together, right, and we're all coming from different places, different experiences, right, you know, you're kind of feeling each other out, right? When you have the offensive and defensive coordinator and the head coach that have all worked together, that really cuts down on some of the just, you know, uh, question marks and feeling each other out, out and all that stuff. And so I get after Nick pretty good. Did you get his day one install from him yet, formationally, what he's putting in? Uh, we, we've been talking about it. just If you, you don't hang out nuggets, at break, that's yeah, all we talk about. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, mean, so I, I just, joked with him about four verts on Madden, and he, I think he thought I was serious. Yeah. Serious. yeah. I mean, I was that little, nothing like Madden. That's when like, he got up and left. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this idiot. Yeah. You're, you're going to realize I know nothing about football. I'm a defensive guy, so is that not what they do? They just don't pick Madden. X goes to Y. That's exactly right. That's just blitz. I assume that's what they've been doing. See, you get us, man. You know the show that I don't know nothing about X's and O's. I'm still waiting for my tuition refund from South since he left. That's right. Yeah. I mean, don't you think I got a shot at that? I don't think so. Okay. I think. Don't even ask. I think your daughter's good. Season tickets, though. I did. You bought season tickets. You know what I mean? I got. I think we got a little bit of gear for you. Yeah. Yeah. I got some gear. We we did a gear trade when I was down there for uh, for Parents Day. But uh, if you need some Alabama stuff, I know it. (laughs) When it when it comes to other sports, like I can look at a guy that played basketball and pretty much tell you the position he played. Same with baseball, football, impossible. Mm -hmm. So you were part of maybe the best collegiate backfield of all time. When you look at Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis, you were in Fayetteville. Is that when you looked around and you're like? I ain't ever gonna play. <laughs> I better well, coach. You know, I, I, you know, I think. But I was those, gonna in those circles. I don't know if I would have said yeah. fullback. I, I probably would have no, said maybe. Fullback, a, yeah. No, no, I know, but I would have said eh, maybe a center, maybe a linebacker. Wow, wow, wow! You went from center to linebacker. Wow, and I'm really not sure how to take that. No, but I mean, most offensive line they lose a lot of weight when they get done, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a fair point. So that's, I, okay, I, I, and you're drinking some kind of supplement right. making you drop LBs right, right now. Hey, message received. Yeah. The diet starts tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. Um, I, I had you playing FC, future, future coach. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, you know, I think if you talk to Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, you know, Peyton Hillis was in that room, and we we had three NFL franchise running backs. I, I'd probably be referred to as the cherry on top you know yeah. <laughs> right. uh no i the the job of a fullback in arkansas's offense at that time was to get the hell out of the way how did come on win more by we, the way we, wow we went to an sec championship yeah, right when yeah. the sec wasn't the sec <laughs> <laughs> Wow, he's tough on He's coach. tough, man. You know uh-huh. what I mean? He's rock and rolling. Imagine, imagine if I call the wrong defensive play this season. <laughs> yeah. uh, we won't know that. Yeah, yeah. Sean, right. if you do, call it in the second half because he won't see it. The second half. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I mean, that he was it after. Just in, and Peyton Hillis wasn't Peyton Hillis then. Well, we had, I mean, you know, see, so we had those guys, right? We had just come off of uh, before Matt Jones was there, you know, the long 6'6 quarterback. You know, he ran a 4'3". And Longest strides in sports. Played, oh, played receiver with Jacksonville. Yeah, played yeah. receiver with, with uh, Jags. And, um, and, uh, and so, you know, we had come from that. Well, we had all these 
these star players in the backfield, and we had this six six receiver in Marcus Monk that was also one of the forwards of our basketball team, um, and we were the biggest offensive line in the country. You know, so we was Jason got Peters on that offensive line. Jason had already played okay. just before him and Sean Andrews, yeah. who were yep. both. You know, phenomenal. <laughs> they, Jason was a tight end for us. He wasn't a tackle. I mean, you know, for those of you that can p- picture Jason Peters, who's been playing offensive tackle in the league for what sixteen years now, yeah, at least, right? He was our tight end next to a first round draft pick in Sean <laughs> Andrews. When they when a six technique lined up against him, didn't matter if that dude was the best six technique in the country, <laughs> he was getting moved off the ball, <laughs> right? Uh, and so those were the years that my dad was the defensive coordinator uh, at Arkansas for Houston Nut, and then my senior year. In high school, he left to go with Steve Spurrier at South Carolina, and I stayed and, and played at Arkansas. And we had some good teams, regardless of what some media people would say. Now, Mitch Mustaine, I think that year you went, he was 8-0 as like starting quarterback. Whatever happened to him? Yeah. Uh, Mitch. So, Mitch, you know, Mitch had a a, 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 a he he had a lot of tough expectations put on him. You yeah. know, if you grew up, grow up in the state of Arkansas, there's no Ooh. pro team. There's no there's nothing other than Razorback football, right? And so, you know, when you are the quarterback from that state uh, that you're coming now with your offensive coordinator, my second year, our offensive coordinator was Gus Malzahn, and we brought what four uh, players from that team, and obviously Mitch was expected to kind of come in and be the guy, and so a lot of expectations for a freshman to come in there. And we were playing South Carolina. As a matter of fact, my dad was there at South Carolina. And, you know, there were some things that he had put on tape and, and, uh, that, that South Carolina felt like they could expose. And they did. They got two interceptions on us in the, in the first half. And so he, you know, they, quickly adjusted uh, in the second half and Darren McFadden rushed for about 200 yards and, <laughs> and the rest was rock and roll history, you know? So, you know, that, that was, um, you know, it, it was, I think it was a hard, you know, it's it, when, when you're a freshman, you know, and you have those expectations, there are a lot of things that you're going to have to do in order to be able to m- manage and maneuver that with the people around you and, and simply just the expectations you're going to have to deal with. But I thought for a freshman being around Mitch, he did a really good job of that. It's just, Hard, hard living. So you didn't call, and Kane Womack is with us for a few more moments, uh, the Alabama defensive coordinator, and you didn't call the defense itself, right? No, I did not. No, yeah, so this, yeah. this will be the first time since Indiana. So how, how I talked to Coach Sheridan about that because I know there's that adrenaline, right, of right. always right. being, for in your case, always being a player two ahead of the offense, right? right. right. And having that perfect defense at the perfect time. Uh, that's got to be exciting to get back into that. It really is. I'm excited about it. I was thrilled to hear that we're still playing with 11 people out there on the field. So that part's really good. <laughs> 11 good ones um, too. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Um, and so, you know, I loved, I loved being a defensive coordinator. I mean, I, I loved my time as a head coach at South Alabama. You know, you and I have had some, yeah. some conversations about how much uh, I enjoyed Mobile, how much I loved the University of South Alabama. I loved being a head coach, um, was building that team and into something that I think can be really special over the next couple of years. And Major Applewhite's going to do a tremendous job there. But, but you know, I missed being a defensive coordinator. I miss, you know, having a room, right, of guys that you're connected to and calling plays on game day was phenomenal, you know. Um, and so, you know, I am really excited about that portion of doing things. And it's not like I was that far removed. I mean, I was yeah. in the game plan room, but Coach Saban and I, not to make comparisons to myself and Coach Saban, right? But just from an operational standpoint, you know, the way he did things here and listening to him and how he did it and the way I did things at South Alabama were very similar. Heavily involved in our defense, heavily involved in special teams, constant meetings with our offense just to stay aware of what they were doing. 
but you know uh, the game constantly changes in college football, right? There's formational things, run game, uh, progression reads in the passing game, all these things that you've got to stay on top of. You know, if you remove yourself three years entirely and just say, "Hey, I'm a head coach, and I'm just going to go recruit and you know hobnob with big wigs," right? You know, you're, 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 the game's going to pass you by. So fortunately, right, those are the things that 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 we've stayed on top of. I think a really difficult decision is when you got two bad options. So you had two really good options, though. And I mean, oh, you mean in terms of uh, professionally? Yeah, professionally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a bad decision is if I've got two bad options, that's a hard decision. Which one I'm going to pick? I mean, you could not have gone wrong. You stay and you continue to build south or you come here. I mean, but how difficult of a decision was it? Um, the, the, the decision itself. Um, was very evident to me of what I needed okay. to do. Um, the process was very challenging. Yeah. Right? That's hard. You know, you, you facing the players. Yeah, yeah. Just no, well, yeah, the whole thing. I mean, just knowing, you know, here's the hard thing. The problem of, uh, with and the difference in college football and the way we have a, a, a transition, right? In terms of jobs versus, you know, the standard, Hey, I'm going to put in my two weeks notice. I'm going to get to wrap things up here. I'm going to get to even acknowledge to people. Um, you know, what they've meant to you, how special they were. You know, I got a 15 minute meeting with my coaching staff, uh, and then turned, walked right into a 10 minute meeting with my players. And then I was headed up to Tuscaloosa to make sure that we retained our team and roster. And so those are the things that are really hard, right. To have to deal with. And, you know, I've got three little boys at the house, right. And, and, you know, Melissa's now, a single parent, you know, not, not like she wasn't already you yeah. know, for the majority of the year, but right? at least in the same, but city. at least I was yeah. in the same city. Right. You know, and, and sometimes put my head on the pillow, uh, next to her, but those are the things, right. That, that make it really challenging. The decision to come here with Kalen DeBoer at Alabama was, was, was very evident. Yeah. You're a trendsetter though, because you know, you did it. And then all of a sudden Chip Kelly's doing it. Other coaches are leaving head coaching yeah. jobs. Yeah. They'll, How about they'll be a coordinator. So will you be in the booth? Will you, are you, you call no, it from there? I'm a, I'm a sideline guy. Yeah. So when I was, I was t- 26 years old, I got my first, uh, uh, division one coordinator job. I was the defense coordinator at Eastern Illinois where I was, uh, Tony Romo, That's right. there, Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, Mike Shannon, all that stuff. Well, Jack State's, uh, was Jack State in the same conference at the time? Jacksonville yep, State was in right. the same conference. Old school, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I called that first season from up in the box, and I was like a duck on water, right? My feet were going 100 miles an hour under that deal, and I, you know, I was so, you know, I just, I, I, you know, obviously the Ohio Valley Conference doesn't have the creme de la creme, you know, press boxes either, right, that you're dealing with. And so sometimes you could see the whole field, and sometimes you couldn't see the whole field. I decided right then and there I would never do that again. I'm an, I, I like to see the player's eyes. You know, I, I'm, uh, maybe I'm giving away trade secrets here, but I, I signal on game day. I'm, I do those things. Um, you know, I want to have that, that interaction with those 11 bodies on the field. I want them to see my eyes, calm down, pick it up. Let's get going here. You know what I mean? The, those are the things that I think as a play caller are really important if you can be the guy that they're looking to on the sideline in between every single play. I think there's a lot of value in that. And yeah. so that's something that, you know, we've kind of evolved to. And I would imagine you could download a lot of information from them, not just about what's going on on the field, but how they're reacting to what's going on yeah. on the field. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think, you know, one, um, you, you have to have a great, uh, here's, here's how we teach this defense. And I'm gonna get to that point, but 
we, we talk about teaching the concepts, all right? So first off, we don't ever teach a player his job, right? You're the Mike linebacker. Here's what you do in cover three. Right. You're the hook drop, right? Here is cover three. Here are the things that we do. Uh, this is why we play cover three. Here are the issues with cover three. Here are the teams, how teams are going to attack it, so on and so forth. Then we talk about situa- or, uh, situational philosophy, right? Here's how cover three is applied to third down, to red zone, to first and second down, to two-minute drive when they need a field goal versus two-minute when they need a touchdown, right? All those different things. So during the season, most of our time is spent on offensive recognition. They know the concept. They know how the concept is applied to the, applied to the situation. Now, to your point on game day, it's all about offensive recognition of what we thought they were going to be and having a clear line of communication between me and the players in real time to make those adjustments to, to how teams adjust. You know, I'm, I asked Coach Saban this question earlier, you know, this morning. I mean, how different were teams the first four, the four games prior to, to playing Alabama to what they actually came in? Sometimes vastly different because of our personnel and the things that we do. You know, that's a credit to coach and the way they did things here and the personnel that we have. But just being aware of that and making sure that the players know, hey, coach, they, they came out in a totally different thing than what we thought. Those are the communications you can have on the sideline. Uh, it's fascinating. You can't wait for that first game, can you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for the first spring practice. So well, that's true. That's coming on Monday. Good news. I got good news for you. No, it's great. Yeah. How many more meetings you got with Nick Saban before Monday? Well, uh, I, you know, we're we're gonna uh, we're not gonna meet again uh, between now and then. You know, he said uh, at some point. I think you know he he's gonna try to take my money on a golf course. You know, so we'll 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 do that at some point. Well, you probably text him like six seven times a day, right? Yeah. I try not to bother him that much, you know what I mean? He's not on the golf course now. Be yeah. careful. Yeah, he's got more time than ever. He's played a little yeah. bit right now. That's, that's true. There, there's a significant uh, disadvantage right right now. He has a tactical advantage over me, the fact that I – you know, have, have quite a bit of work to do up here in the building. So, uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's great to be here with people that you trust. It's great to be here with the resources and, 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 and tradition and standard that is Alabama football. Um, but, uh, but ultimately the ball gets spotted October 31st or excuse me, October, August 31st. Um, and everything that we do is, is building to that moment. Hey, real quick, uh, Nick Saban, obviously the best to ever do it, but, Steve Spurrier, maybe the most dominant because the SEC wasn't as good as when Nick Saban was there, but your relationship with Steve Spurrier through your father, would he have been good in the NIL world? That's an interesting question. I don't know if I have a good answer for it. I know, um, you know, everybody kind of handles it a little bit differently. Coach Spurrier was uh, very matter of fact about how he would talk to you, whether he's known you for many years. But he would tell you if you weren't earning your money, right? One hundred percent. would have been very, to hear those. It would have been very evident. You know what I mean? I would, I would guess, right? That would be uh, a, a, a trigger that he would use out there on the field. Um, you know, in terms of of what he did, he told me when I was coming out of high school, I was trying to decide, you know, where I was going to go. And, I wanted to go to Arkansas, but I met with him, you know what I mean, to see if I wanted to go to South Carolina, and he came in, and he goes, uh, he goes, it was just me, him, sitting in the room. I thought, you know, this is the most amazing thing ever. I'm sitting next to Steve Spurrier, and he's talking to me. He goes, well, yeah, I've uh, gone through spring ball, and I've uh, seen our fullbacks. We're not very good, so you'll probably come in and start. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> I thought, you know what? There's no way in hell I'm coming here to start. You know what I mean? Yeah. For, for for you in this offense, it was you know fairly complicated. You know yeah. what I mean? For for anybody, let alone a freshman. But he's just so matter of fact in the way that he communicates. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> All right, he is Kane Womack, the uh, defensive coordinator at Alabama. It's always good to see you, Coach. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Yeah, yeah thank thanks. you. Thanks for opening up the doors. Uh, we'll talk to Kalen DeBoer coming up in two segments. So stay with us. This is the next round live from Tuscaloosa. Follow Brownie on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan Brown Live.